First Time Feelings is a monthly podcast hosted by two Melbourne women exploring universal human experiences via micro-narratives based on first-time feelings. Whether it be shame, guilt, longing, anxiety or lust, each anecdote is an honest, witty and relatable vignette that taps into the messy human journey we're all on. Naming and reclaiming emotion, one feeling at a time. Hi there, my name is Crystal and this is Ruth and we're super excited to be presenting to you episode 10, the final episode in the first season of First Time Feelings. We've created this podcast to explore the significance of formative emotions and the life experiences that conjure these feelings. It's been a wild ride, identifying these important life moments and talking about how they help shape our future emotional landscapes. We hope you've enjoyed the ride and are ready for the season finale. Bruised knuckles, wild eyes, broken hearts, bodies flooding with adrenaline. A giant towers over you. Do you fight or take flight? When the stakes are high, are you battle cat or are you cringer? This episode explores the first time feeling of fierce. Standing tall. She towered above me. She was six foot, or close enough, pretty with sharp features and bright eyes. We used to be friends. In fact, we'd known each other all through high school. Now we were 18 and the world had changed. I stood sandwiched between her and my boyfriend. Let me pass. He's my friend, you know. I stood firm, my boyfriend saying nothing but standing close behind me. A month ago, he'd been cheating on me with her and here she was demanding to talk to him at this house party. He was far from innocent, but our on-again, off-again relationship was torrid, and we were currently in passionately reunited mode. She edged forward. I was beginning to bristle. I'm not putting up with this, I thought. I'm not scared of this girl, even though clearly I should have been. She was looming over me and starting to get more irate as the minutes ticked on. I haven't done anything to hurt anyone, and I'm not going to be bullied into submission, I thought. I straightened my back and took a swig of my beer. You've caused us enough trouble. Just keep your distance. This only aggravated her more, and she edged even closer. In a moment of pure instinct, I reacted. I raised my beer above her head. No easy feat, considering how much shorter than her I was. And I tipped that beer entirely all over her. At that moment, the world seemed to slow down. The liquid trickled down from the top of her head, plastering her hair to her face. Her mouth was now agape as she gasped, shocked at the incident that was unfolding. The drips of amber gold rolled over her eyes, smearing her mascara as they made their way onto her shirt, forming damp patches all over her front. Finally, the bottle was empty and I brought my arm back down. A crowd had gathered around us by now. I felt no regret. I felt no fear. But I did brace myself for what was surely about to come next. I scrunched up my face, waiting for the impact of her fist. But nothing happened. No fists flying towards me. No arms reaching for me. Just the cold air and the smell of beer perfuming the night. I opened my eyes, somewhat confused. 
She remained in front of me, beer still dripping down her face, her eyes blazing with fury. Why hadn't she retaliated? I turned my head and was greeted by an army of friends behind me, standing tall and staunch, arms crossed, a wall of allies behind me, waiting for my agitator to make a move. With a blinkered focus, I'd fiercely implemented my right to stand up against someone wronging me, and little had I known, I had the power of the people in my corner the whole time. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's nothing more satisfying than pouring a drink on someone and then not getting hit. Yeah, I assume it's always going to feel pretty, pretty good. Um, But I I was so surprised. I mean, I definitely thought I was... Yeah. I was angling for yeah. a punch in the face. Yeah. I think also because, um, you know, it's such a kind of like public insult too. Mm. Um, yeah. It's it's something that I often fantasize about doing. Um, yeah. I think I've done it a couple of times. To be honest, I can't really remember. Yeah. I know gen- I've done it to a boyfriend. Generally a thing that happens while you're probably quite yeah, under the influence. Yeah, inebriated. Like, yeah. I mean, if you've got a beer in your hand, you're definitely drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you've gotten to the point where you're going to pour a drink on someone's head, you've definitely got liquid courage happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of 80s movies too where it happened, like, that a wronged girl would do it to a, like, a, a, like a suitor. You know what I mean? Like, just walk up and kind of, or like, you know, just pour the drink on the, like, the douchebag in the restaurant or something. So there's a lot of that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a wronged, like, a woman, a woman who wronged you. Yeah. In an unsisterly way. Definitely. Yeah. Which is very uncool. It is very uncool. Um, you know, as time has gone on, I definitely feel way less like Not, um, animosity yeah. towards either of them. Like we're yeah. all, in retrospect, tiny little babies, yeah. um, you know, 18, 19 years old. Um, but yeah, I mean, still at the time, like it's your whole world. Of course it is. When, yeah. When yeah. you're in a relationship and... And, you know, a, f- a former friend kind of um, yeah. does something like that. It's yeah. a whole world. And, yeah. And, yeah, those couple of years, like, I'd been having a relatively rough time with this particular boyfriend and I just kind of had it. I was just like, you know, I was not going to stand there and kind of put up with that. So I no. felt very uh, motivated by my sense of justice of just like, you know what? I haven't done anything no. in this situation. No, like, that's right. I haven't hurt anyone. Yeah. I am, I don't have any reason to kind of feel like I need to monitor my behavior, which isn't entirely, you know, correct because I, I do think that just because you're the one being wronged doesn't mean you should sort of necessarily like act out. Mm. Um, actually, which which brings me to um something that I kind of wrote as I was thinking about this episode and I was like trying to look back and and figure out I was like when was the first time like I felt really fierce like nothing could stop me and you know just really kind of had this sense of empowerment where I was really determined in what I was doing and no one was gonna gonna be able to um stop me 
and I wrote this little thing, which I will read to you now. Yes. Um, which is, I really wanted my first experience of feeling fierce to be something else, um, another situation rather than the one that I talked about. I wanted it to be a situation where I'd come into my own and I felt brave and focused and clear-eyed um, with my eyes on some kind of worthy prize. Mm-hmm. Um And I really wanted my first time experience of feeling fierce to be a situation that presented me in a more adult light, (laughs) an an empowered light and a more positive light. Mm. And I've felt fierce many times since the original time. And I thought about writing about one of those times instead, but I decided against that as I would be dishonoring the intention of this podcast, which is based in reality and the truth. So the first time that I, um, and the first time you experience anything, it's really pure and innocent and I didn't want to tarnish the purity of what the first time feeling is. So yeah, even though like, cause I felt fierce, but I will say I don't, I'm not particularly proud yeah, of that whole I, situation. I totally, like, I totally resonate with what you're saying. Like the, in many of the past episodes, I have not wanted to tell that particular story. Like yeah. I could think of much like funnier, better. I um, mean, and in the one that I'll tell the same, same sort of thing. Like uh, they've definitely not painted me in the best light. Yeah. And I could have um, curated myself in a much, much kind of better yeah. light. But For I public think, consumption. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's why this has been such a great experience um, because it's honest yeah. and it's, it, and it is really, it's sticking to, to kind of like the rules of yeah. the podcast, which is that it, it does have to be the most prominent kind of first time yeah. um, uh, that you can articulate. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's not something say like that you've kind of remembered from a photograph like or something like yeah. that so um, I mean to be honest like it's not I don't see it when I read um, you know obviously like we try not to read each other's stories before we go in we try to have a pure um, sort of like experience of hearing it for the first time but I, I did glance at it and I I, ne- I didn't go like whoa you know <laughs> what a bitch yeah. I, I really feel like um, to me I was really like good on you like um, but yeah. I, there's at the same time, like I personally would feel the same. Like I'd be, I'd probably feel a little bit guilty too, um, because maybe I did embarrass someone, but at the same time, like you definitely were the, the wronged party. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, had I written this little piece, like close to the time, you know, cause like 10 years ago, more than mm. 10 years ago. I probably would have put a lot of emphasis on, you know, oh, well, they deserved it and, you know, she had it coming and what was she thinking doing that? And while there's an element of me that still is like, well, Mm. maybe that's true, there's this other part of me that when I wrote this, I didn't really want to emphasise the whole, the cheating. I didn't really want to emphasise that, you know, make me the victim and these people, like, they were asking for it and... Um, you know, I'm absolutely entitled in the way I behaved because I don't think that that's 100% true. And I think, you know, in, in an ideal situation, like I am an adult and I just go, you know, I don't have to pour the beer on a head. Like I just kind of say, hello, could you leave us alone? Like we don't really want to talk to you and just, you know, be really grounded and be really level headed about it. But that's not what happened. No. 
And um, well, you weren't exactly Tony Soprano, but like no. you, at the same time, <laughs> she totally disrespected you. And yeah, like, absolutely. And to also to push the point of like. You know what I mean? She was showing you disrespect. Yeah. And what you did was really a demonstration of, like, power too. Yeah. Like, I've gone, yeah. like, you will respect me. I've yeah. I've asked for this and, and I, yeah. now I'm going to, like, you know, and unfortunately it is a jungle out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the animal world and you it need is. to and show you have to, dominance You do sometimes. have to show dominance. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, what I'm also interested, because you did touch on him not being the innocent party, he doesn't really um, appear punished in the story, though. And he was not punished in the story. Yeah. Because, like, which I sort of touched on, I think, you know, there's one line where I'm like, we were in this, like, passionately yeah. reunited mode. And I think, you know, going off topic a little bit, but that, it kind of, that just speaks to the notion of, like, teenage not just teenage, but just relationships that are really, you know, on again, off again, unstable. And you're so like fiercely committed to each other when you are committed. And then when you're not committed, you're completely, you know, (laughs) (laughs) off with other people and, and whatnot. And, you know, I think sometimes when you do have a relationship that's like so on again, off again, it intensifies the time when you are of together. course, yeah. And so we were just in that mode yeah. where he was really like, yeah, stop trying to mess with us. Like, yeah. you know, but he also was very quiet and didn't, you know, he definitely stood behind me and he was very much on my side, but <laughs> also not to the point where he was going to get involved. Yeah. I think, you know, there was a sheepishness to um, the yeah. way he was behaving because he most likely felt like, oh God, I have been a shit boyfriend and I've kind of brought on this situation yeah. Not 100%, but, you know, I've been a party in this and, uh, And yeah. then that, those weird, I think in those, um, when those, like, triangles occur, um, also, like, in that, especially when you're in one of those kind of relationships, it's kind of a little bit delusional. It's like, they're the problem. The outside person's the problem. Exactly. And it's like, it's us yeah. against them. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort exactly. of like, yeah, it becomes a bit like um, you demonize the other person who, like, by the way, I mean, a shit thing to do very young, though. And also, I'm sure she probably felt really bad. Um, but yeah, God, what a lot of um, nerve to kind of continue to. You know, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's what kind of pushed me over the I edge a bit. I was sort of like, like it. yeah, you know, it's I was like, oh god, like you've already caused us so many problems. Like, you know, why do you want to keep doing that? Like, yeah. what bone in your body thinks that you've got the right to kind of continue trying to like mess up our relationship? And oh, I'm just not. I'm not having this and I don't care what the repercussions are. Like I really, I think that's what I was trying to capture in this piece, like with the whole feeling empowered, feeling fierce. It's like, you don't care. Like there is no care about, um, you know, when you truly feel fierce, you don't feel fear. No, that's true. And I true. think that's what I was trying, even though, like, I should have. The absence because, of fear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think yeah. feeling fierce is really about the absence of fear. And there's, I would definitely say in my life I haven't felt it many times mm. because often you have so many competing um, cognitive thoughts in those types of situations where you are like, 
you might feel angry. Yeah. And you might feel, and like, you know, I actually reflected back on my piece about rage. Yeah. I was, like, I was just thinking about that. I was like, how yeah. is this different to yeah, rage? You yeah. Know? Yeah. But like, I felt in control, I think, which yeah. is different. It's like, yeah, I didn't yeah, feel yeah. fear and I felt in control in this very like kind of like creepily calm way where I was yeah. just like, if I get, I think my, my process was that I haven't done anything wrong. I'm going to pour a beer on her head because she deserves it and she's pushing the boundaries. And if I get smacked in the face, um, which could definitely happen, I still feel um, totally justified in my behaviour and I don't feel like I'm actually asking for it because she's the one that's asking for this kind of behaviour to be directed at her. I haven't asked for anything other than, you know, just to continue on in a relationship and not have people try and, like, break us up and interfere with us and pull us apart. Yeah. I think, like, in that way, fierce feels maybe, like, a little bit more pure than rage because it's like something a little bit there's something a bit crazed and dirty about the whole rage oh, thing absolutely. yeah it's like it's a bit it's a bit more shameful isn't it like oh definitely yeah whereas this you definitely well I pretty much went and more, cried in my car after yeah I yeah felt rage you for feel the first more time. validated when you're being when you're in that fierce mode it's like um, yeah. you're definitely um, you definitely feel like righteous yeah I think it's there's something absolutely. righteous about that it. is totally how yeah. I felt yeah and then I think you know I was already feeling pretty righteous just on my own and then when I turned around I was like oh my god all my friends are standing behind me like and you had this like yeah goddamn army yeah, I was like yeah, wow yeah that's the real reason yeah. I didn't get punched in the yeah. face but <laughs> you had muscle yeah I did I did I yeah. had muscle <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool it's a cool story very cinematic yeah <laughs> well I think we should move on to yeah the last word let's do it that is the name of the story. It's called The Last Word. I, I figured that. <laughs> the Last Word. Jackie and I were childhood best friends who were both sisterless and found a sister in each other. We often lived suburbs away from each other and she was not at my primary school. So from years one to four, when Jackie came over to play, she'd inevitably stay over, sometimes for days at a time. We pretended we were witches and would chat casually about flying over rooftops at night, trying to top each other in outrageous lies. We smuggled a cat into my room to join our witches club. We had midnight feasts and ate all the Cadbury biscuits and got sick and in trouble. We did sisterly merry pranks and were generally a little bit naughty, but overall, it was above board. On one or two occasions together, we could be mean, especially if my brother got involved. It was one such occasion with Jackie and I that would lead me into peril, the first dance with danger I had experienced, all alone. The story went like this. On my street, I had a friend called Claire who I played with when Jackie wasn't around. On the occasion that we became a trio, I can't recall the three of us hitting it off. If anything, Jackie's presence was a little bit abrasive, rocking the boat and shearing off a little bit of my friendship with Claire, who was quite sweet and passive. On the other side, a few doors down, was a new neighbour called Vicky. I can't really remember Vicky's appearance. I want to say she was a brunette, maybe a little bit chubby. She didn't strike me as peculiar, only a little bit needy. Our hangouts happened away from Jackie's visits, or when Claire wasn't available to play. When I was with Jackie, we went swimming and played weird invented games, and my visits with Vicky were a bit ho-hum by comparison. There was something amiss with her, a strange affect, I think. 
but perhaps she was just a little bit uninspiring. We played dully in my front yard with dolls, but nothing inspired a burning desire for me to befriend her any further. However, she was persistent. She would consistently materialise in my front garden or bang at the front door, asking my dad if I could play. Sometimes I'd ask him to put her off as her desperation was actually a little bit off-putting. Now I realise maybe she was a bit lonely. However, she did have a big sister, one who was in high school, and that high school was rough. I took the bus home with some of her classmates and they got off at the underpass to smoke, swear and hassle passing kids. One hot afternoon, Vicky invited me over her house to swim. The pool was an above ground. In the pool, I remember thinking I was having an okay time as Vicky was becoming quite animated, if not a little bit weirdly animated. At intervals, she began to dunk me. I think I laughed off the first few dunks and then she actually held me under. Eventually, I broke free, panicked, having swallowed lungfuls of water. I either asked to go home or I just upped and left. When I got home, I didn't tell my parents, but I did tell Jackie. Jackie agreed that Vicky was psycho. Instead of simply ignoring her, from that point onwards, we walked past her house where she sat on her lawn playing with the doll, chanting at the doll. We called her names, drove her indoors. And while Vicky stopped coming around, which was kind of the point of the exercise, she also stopped playing outside altogether, which is unforgivable. I still regret it. The next incident took place a few weeks later. I was watching the Brady Bunch on TV, still in my green and brown Catholic primary uniform, and my mum asked me to run off to the mailbox down the street to post a letter for her. I took up as most kids did then, stocking-footed, skipping along, until I saw the human boulder that was Vicky's big sister barreling down the street after me. She wore the tough blue high school jersey like a footballer, a studded line of sleepers in her ears, a crew cut. She towered over my scrawny three-foot-something frame. I watched because that's all I could do. Oi, she shouted in a voice that belonged to a large man, although she was probably about 13. Both sisters were big boned. I hear you've been teasing my sister for weeks. I'm going to kick your ass. My entire body panicked. My bladder relaxed, gut dropped, mouth went dry. A million excuses, thoughts, lies, promises, apologies flooded into my reptile mind. But instead, what I did was stick up my middle finger and then I ran. I ran so hard, my arms were pistons. I would have made first place if it was a race. Back home, my heart hammering, the beginning stirs of an asthma attack in my lungs. I sat down, terrified. Vicky's giant of a sister was at the door. I asked my mum, hey, if someone comes around, just don't let them in. Are you okay? She asked me. As I was sitting in front of the Brady Bunch, basically hyperventilating. Yeah, I said. And amongst my uneasiness and fear and guilt, I knew that although I might have run, at least I had the very last word. And I was fierce. I feel like your story is like a, a G-rated primary school version of my story. Yeah, yeah it you know, is. It's kind of like, all right, you've got to um, confront someone that's threatening to you and you're going to there's going to be some form of action and in mine it's a beer over the head and in yours it's a finger in the face. It's it's such a little 
punk shit thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just such a little shit thing to do that I kind of, I remember at the time I was just like, I was like, whoa, like, like, like just like the whole, all of the, like the guilt and the fear and everything. And it was just that moment of just like, it was like a kind of sense of liberation. Like I was oh, like, yeah, but I was like, up oh, yours, you know, yeah, <laughs> but I was yeah. so afraid of her. So yeah, like it, it definitely, it, it's, it, there's a big parallel, but also I feel really, really bad about how it transpired, especially um, like, because I really, you know, Vicky was psycho. She really was. Um, she did. She did dra- try, try to, to drown, drown me. You. She did try to drown me. It's not probably. Which, I it, mean, like, even in your story, I was kind of like, oh, you know, like, you sort of imagine kids playing around and, like, I could really, um, you know, I thought your piece is really cinematic, especially with, like, the descriptions of all the different childhood friends were really <laughs> um, vivid for me and I, I was imagining you guys in the pool and you know Vicky's there and she's pushing you underneath and you, you kind of think there must be so many scenarios in people's childhood where play gets a little bit rough yeah. and you know yeah. kids accidentally hurt each other but particularly in the pool it's really dangerous because and you know when someone really crosses the line you know yeah, what I mean like you know absolutely. when you actually go this you is, can't breathe underwater this that is, is weird scary. it yeah. was weird and yep. it was like also she was kind of like generally like God, I really hope she never listens to this. She's probably in jail, but like, yeah, <laughs> like that's the I type of say, she's probably no, in a max became, security yeah. prison yeah. with her sister. She's but, probably drowned <laughs> like fifty people. Yeah, yeah, she's she's got like a million teardrops in her face. I'm like, yeah. kid, she drowned. But she, she, oh she honestly like was like very um, affectless, and then suddenly it was just like she was like giddy. And it was like, it was weird. It was like psychopathic. And I, I remember thinking this person's nuts. And my brother and I had a pretty physical, um, like, like there was Rough and lots, lots yeah. of tooth extractions. Yeah. There was blood, you know? Oh God. So I'm saying like, I definitely was not unaccustomed to So just before housing. we move past that, <laughs> did your brother remove one of your He removed several teeth. of my teeth. Yes. Baby teeth? Yes. Or yes. Baby uh, teeth. Were they loose? No. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. It's pretty messed up. It's definitely another um okay. another story in that one. But like I, you know, and also boys, I'm definitely not I wasn't like a cry baby, you know. Mm. It was really strange and I knew that it was strange. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I definitely think also with children, um, there is like a chain of bullying. It's sort of like someone's getting bullied at home, so they're gonna bully someone else. I could be mean and especially mean around people that made me mean. So I mm. definitely did not feel nice about that whole teasing Vicky and I knew it was the wrong thing to do. So it's kind of like when she came to beat me up, I was like, I definitely deserve, like I'm, I'm, oh, oh. And also yeah. like yeah. I'm away from my nasty little friend now who's also a bit bigger than me. I definitely probably deserve this yeah yeah but also like this woman could kill me she's so big and and she was really tough and um there was a large age and size just sort of um, difference yeah. yeah absolutely yeah so all I had really was my my speed and um yeah my punk rock attitude which yeah yeah Look, she didn't come after me. There were no further consequences. But when I, after I wrote that, I was like, oh my God, I remember that sick feeling of waiting. Like I was like, she's going to get, she's going to get me another time. Like a neighborhood 
bully. Like I'm surprised. I mean, like I don't think I would have slept that night. Yeah, I don't know if I did. Like, I don't know if I ate. Oh, I know. I was just like sort of rocking in front of the television. It's quite amazing that I didn't tell a parent either because mm. I was like really. Did it make troubled. you feel like the power of the middle finger was a thing? The power of the middle finger. That's what for me. That was like yeah. That definitely. That's what that story is all about. It was like, mm. you might be running <laughs> from your enemy, but you can still say, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you might never. <laughs> I like how you whispered that. We had a yeah. whole episode that was just basically yeah. swears. That's, that's, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it was definitely my, my up yours. Um, yeah. So it was like a bit of a, vic- a victorious kind of feeling, even mm. though, yeah. And I, I yeah. skate too, so. So I feel like both of our, our stories kind of um, identify the feeling of fierce of like you're kind of like you've got some kind of weapon, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like you're sort of armed with some kind of weapon. And in mine, I think it was like it was a beer, but it was also like I was armed with like justice is on my side. Totally, like, you know. yeah. I mean, I feel like I've got way cooler stories of like being – when I was older as a teenager and stuff and cool stories like that. But definitely that would have been my first, my first time of like, and I, and I couldn't like, I think like uh, in this sort of instance, I was like pretty puny as a child too. Like, um, so I definitely did not have any kind of physical backup with that either. And also my body did kind of like, like that's the same the, the thing we're talking about rage like you know with rage you kind of black out and you like go into this like psycho mode I actually was really quite there was a fear response in my body for mm. sure but my mind overrode it like, yeah it was like yeah. you know yeah yeah it was the spirit of it was the spirit of rebellion I think yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. yeah and that's kind of motivating you to React like the spirit of rebellion is motivating you to kind of like, yeah, just defend yourself in this way and um, feel kind of like, yeah, justified in doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I also wonder if, um, in your situation, it's like, you know, she was kind of, I mean, she was the sister of the perpetrator, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, she was the kind of... The victim and perpetrator. Yeah, 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 the victim and perpetrator. But, you know, she was the perpetrator when she... The, when the she tried to drown me. The drowning thing is pretty serious. Yeah, like, it is that, pretty serious. It's pretty, it's pretty serious and, like... Theodora Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty serious and an incident like that is naturally going to be followed by some bullying, like, in in Kidland, you know. I guess so. You know, I knew kid society. Yeah. 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 I think, like, also, like... And, you know, there was no classism in that whole um, Catholic school versus public school. Really, um, what I do want to point out is that um, it it was definitely um, the the school that I went to was probably the same cost as, but it's the, the Catholic value thing. Like my parents being very, very like, especially my mom, like, so I was very like, 
Um, and I really, really bought that. Do you know what I mean? So I would have been like very, oh, let's not be, I would always be the conscience. I was always like very moral. So me being really mean and bullying someone was so against my kind of like kind of code too. And my brother would kind of like get me into Mm. it because like also like, you know, it's kind of funny and you're you're having fun and stuff, but you know that it's mean. It's like I would always kind of like, but I, I couldn't, like I kind of couldn't resist to, you know. It was sort of like, um, yeah, I, I think I feel very shame, shame, like ashamed about that though because teasing someone to not be able to leave the house is awful, you know. And I've been bullied too. So yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's – You understand it's, what it means. I understand yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a circle of pain, really. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Oh, it was a circle <laughs> of pain. Because I couldn't, like, I couldn't, I had to get the bus and stuff and, like, go to school. And, like, it was, like, not a school bus. It was, like, a trans-Perth bus. So, oh, yeah, I remember them. You know, yep. so it was, like, anyone who wanted to get on that bus. And, like, there were all those kids from that high school. So they were all, like, big kids. Like, we are in primary school. I was in year two. Or yeah. three, yeah, and she was like that's little, yeah. thirteen. You know, um, they were like bloody. Yeah, that was like a a giant like ogre. It's an ogre after that a, is an, a tiny um it, yeah yeah woodland creature. Sylvanian, <laughs> yeah, yeah Syl- Sylvanian, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so and not not like sitting in my proudest moment, but definitely my first moment well I think that brings us to the very end of the podcast well the first season the first season the first season of the podcast um it's been a ride it's been an awesome weird embarrassing (laughs) um strange ride where we've both made ourselves very Vulnerable, <laughs> yes, definitely is the word. Um, but you know that's been very liberating, and it's been really good, like getting to understand each other better. I think through the lens, um, mostly of like you know quite early childhood and going into you know sort of early adulthood. But um, it's been really fascinating. It's also been like a strange kind of like. Um, group therapy yeah. session. I think so each too. Time. Yeah, I think it will be really interesting um, to sort of see what the responses are and like um, how other people's experiences compare, like with those kind of first time emotions. Because I think I found there was a lot of um, commonality between us, and also like mm, you know, definitely. I know we've discussed a little bit about you know probably having similar interests. Um, also being from the same city, um, yeah. close-ish in age, even though I'm an elder. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> By a few years. An but, um, elder. Yes. But, um, Shall I give uh, up my seat for you? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like very kinds of, I think like, you know, sim- like around the same age or um, same generation, same cities, like similar interests. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting um and you know similar personality types too, yeah definitely you know, also yeah. and tastes and, and sort yeah. of yeah yeah but um interesting to see also how other people maybe who don't have those commonalities also compare because yeah you know, what are their first time feelings like yeah i'm super excited about um 
getting stuck into that, which will be, you know, for, we've got some planning and, and we've got to source all of our people, but I am really interested to, yeah, learn about other people's first time feelings and how their perspectives are going to be really different, especially just as we were talking about it, I was thinking about like generationally, yeah. you know, we're definitely from this um, generation where talking about your feelings is okay. Yeah. Going to see a psychologist or a counselor is encouraged and okay. And yeah. I mean, not in every um, aspect of society and not in every culture, Yes, but at least in Western culture, um, you know, in, in the Western world, in first world countries, it's, it's pretty acceptable and encouraged that mental health and um, being, you know, expressing your feelings is a, is a good and healthy thing to do. But yeah, yeah I'm super curious about interviewing um, some older people and talking Same. to them, like yeah. hopefully coaxing yeah. some of those first time oh, feelings I'm, out of them. That's fascinating, isn't it? And also like um, seeking like different gendered points of view, different sexuality point of mm, view. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And also younger people too, like close, closer to the primacy of mm. that too as well as further away from it it's, definitely and yeah. different um cultures as well yeah like absolutely I think, you know, we definitely we come from different backgrounds um i didn't delve into like cultural stuff too much i'm not sure if that was a mm, conscious or yeah. unconscious decision but you know i i kind of didn't end up doing that um which i think you know definitely coming from a background of having like a strict Chinese mother and an English father definitely informed um, my emotional kind of um, state as a child and, and as an adult. But yeah, I'd be really curious to talk to people from different cultural backgrounds where maybe, um, you know, feelings are just something not discussed. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. And also like educational sort of like systems too, like, um, you know, it's like say for example, like, say someone I know who's like um, a couple of years older than me but went to a really different kind of schooling system where that was super encouraged too. So, mm, yeah. um, you know, like the edu- – educate like culturally I'd say probably – pretty repressed um also not quite as repressed as what you're describing mm. but like pretty repressed or as Freud said the what the the Irish are impervious to psychoanalysis um uh I beg to disagree um <laughs> but yeah like I think uh culturally um as well as like education systems so there's just so much variance so much variance mm. like to explore Absolutely. We are really excited about it. So much so that we've probably gone hugely over time and um, this episode's going to be really, really long. But, you know, it's the finale, so I think we're allowed. I think we're allowed to yeah. indulge a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as as uh, Chris was saying, this is the last um, episode of our season one, but we've definitely got more coming. Um, you can listen to previous episodes um, and stream our podcast from the Apple uh, podcast um, Purple app or anywhere you stream your podcast or listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at First Time Feels Podcast. Um, you can comment and um, chat to us, share your feelings, um, follow us, and tell your friends about our show. Just don't tell our mothers. Mm-hmm.